Thank you for tuning in yet again to the Rexburg Love Podcast. This episode is a continuation of the previous episode. If you missed that, please go find and listen there for the full story. Thank you. And now, back to the podcast. Seems like it, it seems like both your experience with, uh, with church leaders as well as with the Honor Code office uh, is kind of just up in the air with who you get. Yep. Definitely. Wow. Just look up the draw. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I just want to take a minute and say thank you for sharing that. And I'm, I'm sorry for the, the pain and tra- trauma that that would cause. That sounds like a horrible experience. Uh, it's, it's a learning experience for me to take and want to make everyone else's lives better. <laughs> I want to make change now. And that's why we did the protests and all of that. So, so for, uh, in, in case there's anybody here listening to this episode that may have seen those protests, but didn't know about them, what, what was the main thing you were protesting and what were you asking for? Um, the first protest for the honor office, we didn't want to change the honor code. We get that we're at a church school, whatever, like keep the honor code. We don't care. I mean, like, obviously I have my problems with it, but that wasn't the point. It was to change the honor office. Um, we wanted people to be able to have a witness behind closed doors. That was part of a student advocacy, like a student government that was chosen by students instead of faculty, because all the student advocacy here is chosen by administrators which just seems really biased in my opinion yeah Um, like they choose like their golden child you know but we wanted them to go to training on sensitive topics like people of color lgbt sexual assault um we wanted there to be like you have to see two different officers during your case instead of one because then that one just gets to decide um just like really basic things like it wasn't anything crazy that we were asking for we weren't asking for the whole system to be abolished or anything we just wanted it to reform and that was it yeah yeah and they did nothing so (laughs) it was really really great wow well one of my main hopes with this platform is that anybody who may be here in Rexburg going to BYU-Idaho or in the area that feels alone and feels hurt by similar experiences can, can feel better, can, it can get something that will help, help alleviate the pain that they're going through during those times. So if, if anybody was listening to this podcast who uh, is currently going through or has gone through or may go through similar issues with the Honor Code Office, what would you like to say to those people? It gets better, and that's so cliche to say. Um, But there are always, always people here for you. Um, Reach out if you need help. Um, If you get called into the honor office, go to your bishop first and talk to your bishop before you ever go into a meeting, which is a loophole. They actually changed that if you confess to your bishop, they can't do anything. So always talk to your bishop first. And I hate saying it's a loophole, if you believe in the church, you should go, want to go to your bishop anyways. Um, but reach out, ask people for help. Just know that you're not going to get expelled like I did. I really, really pushed my limits because I hated the school so much. Um, and if you get suspended by chance, reach out. Like, I'll give you a place to stay. Um, I will help you in any way possible. 
that's like, I just want to help everyone that's going through that terrible experience. So. <laughs> Absolutely love that. And in the show notes, we are going to have all sorts of contact information for many resources. Usually our show notes just have contact information for the podcast here, but uh, with, with Gray, Gray is doing some fantastic work in the area for, uh, for people who absolutely need it. So definitely visit the show notes and the end of the podcast or where we cover where you can reach Gray at and any other resource that you need while in the area. So thank you for that. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So anything else about that time uh, regarding you, the school or, uh, or the LGBT plus community in the area you want, you want to share before we move on? Um, I just, I have a really hard time doing protests against the school because my credibility with the school is shot. So they don't take anything I say seriously, which really, really sucks because I had some really traumatic experiences there. And the reason I was so angsty against them was because of their own behavior. So it's unfortunate, but um, yeah, the school, I believe that they will get better. It's just not where it needs to be. And I hope we get there someday, so. yeah. So then towards the end of your, uh, your direct involvement with the school, uh, what are your living arrangements like, your personal life, your academic life, before, before you s split ways with the, with the school? Um, when I split ways with the school, it was really hard because when you get suspended, you have two days to leave your apartment. Expelled, you mean? Both. When you're suspended, oh. you have to leave as well. Um, oh, really? When I was expelled, I was already living in my own apartment. It wasn't a big deal. So, um, I, so I guess I'm not familiar with that then because I was only ever suspended in high school and that was just stay home type of thing. But uh, go over what a suspension at BYU-Idaho is like. Um, a suspension at BYU-Idaho usually means you are suspended for two semesters and you have to re-enroll. Wow. Uh, I had a short-term suspension, which was really, really lucky that I was only suspended for the last 10 weeks of the semester and I didn't have to re-enroll. That's really rare. Um, but then I was suspended again the next semester that I came back and I was suspended for two semesters. Then they found out I was dating a girl and they extended it another semester. So I had to re-enroll, which I just never ended up doing because then I got expelled. So. Which here in Rexburg, that also affects your housing choices, right? Yes. In Rexburg, if you are a student of the school and you are in Rexburg, you are required to live in student approved housing. So, and you have three days to evacuate when you're suspended. Two, 72 hours, three. So, so not only do you have to live in that approved housing to go to school there, but then once you're suspended, you can no longer stay in that approved housing? Correct. And you don't get your money back or anything. You're out. Wow. Yeah. That's absolutely insane. And, and I'm guessing the money for the semester is also forfeit as well, right? Yep. You gotta, you gotta just pay and move on. It's so unfortunate. Wow. <laughs> it's really sad. So yeah, for anybody who wants to know a little bit more about that danger, uh, in episode one, we talk about uh, why we even have this podcast, because anonymity is, is needed for many people here while they're trying to come to grips with who they are and whether or not they want to continue here in town and at this school. And uh, so yeah, this, this podcast is intended to be that support line when you can't readily go somewhere and, and meet people. Uh, because all of that could mean that uh, your your housing, your tuition, uh, your your college, your credits, all of that could be forfeit. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I do want to add, like, 
when I first came here, just being gay put a target on your back, but not so much anymore. Like you can be gay and be as open about it as you want and you'll be totally fine. It's when you're acting on it and you're public about that, that you're probably at a risk, but I don't want anyone be to be afraid to be who they are. As far as transgender and things like that, that is a whole thing that I don't, I could not imagine trying to come out while being a student here as transgender, but being gay or bi, like I want to say, like it's not as terrible as you think. I wouldn't be scared to do it. Just be cautious. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's they, that's a great word of hope. Um, absolutely love that. Thanks for sharing. So, uh, as far as then the, the expulsion from school, you want to go into that at all? Uh, so, <laughs> I did that podcast, and the school listened to it, and I got called in, and I was still living here at the time, and I went in, and he asked, like, "Do you even want to come back to this school?" And I was like, "Why?" And he was like, because if you do, the door is open and we'll take those steps to get you back in. And I was like, honestly, I'm good. And he told me like the podcast was funny, but he was like, I just, you have to understand that in my position, I can't really support it. And I was like, that's fine. But he said the door was always open, but I was like, I don't want to come back. I don't care. And then the next day I got an email saying I was expelled. Like nothing happened. It's just because I said no really yeah. happened and then they said like my reason was because of the podcast and everything but I was like it, w it was really odd and I wish that I could have recorded it but when I went in he asked to see my phone and asked me to not record for my next podcast episode is what he said so it, wow. the expulsion was really dumb honestly yeah so. all right so then post BYU Idaho life in Rexburg uh, how was that for you Honestly, not terrible. Um, I lived with my girlfriend of the time. Everything was fine. I lived at Mesa Falls Apartments. Um, I've tried to move away twice now. I moved to Boise, came back. I moved to Denver, came back. Um, now I just live in an apartment and um, I don't mind it. Rexburg still isn't great, but I'm here because I think it. I can help it be better, so. Love it. Yeah. All right. So what do you have going on right now? Oh, actually, so let's, let's, uh, let's go then to the, the last protests uh, right before the, the pandemic hit. So uh, if you want to break down for us kind of the, the months and weeks leading up to those and what was happening that caused them. Yeah. Then... I was living in Denver when the honor code was changed in quotations, um, when homosexual behavior was removed from the honor code. And then like two days later, I moved back up here and um, everyone was freaking out, trying to figure out if it was real. There was confirmation in Provo that was like, yeah, like I, I guess like if you are in a same sex relationship and you're not having sex or you're not married, it's totally fine. Like, I don't see why not. Like an honor office administrator said that to a student and I guess it's unconfirmed. She tweeted it, she didn't record it or anything. Um, but there were multiple phone calls saying it was okay. And then a couple days later, it was changed back. The church released a statement saying, like, no, like, it's wrong. And it was put back. BYU-Idaho obviously never, ever made a statement. Um, but that was so heartbreaking and a lot of whiplash for anyone in the LGBT community here. 
Because it was like you, you, you handed us a, a little bit of hope on a silver platter and then you just smashed it to the ground. Like people were coming out during those two weeks. People were t posting pictures of them kissing their significant other and all these amazing things and everyone felt so much pride. Then to have that reversed and you're like, I'm going to get in trouble now because I just posted a picture that I'm in a relationship. I just came out. Now there's a target on my back. Um, it was for, it was just disgusting. Like, I'm just going to say it was, it was gross of yeah. the CES schools to do, period. It was absolutely gross. I'm really mad about it, but I'm not a student, but all of my friends go here and like the heartbreak was so it's just, we're so used to being disappointed, but when you have hope from a church school, that level of disappointment is so much worse. And so Nate, Latter-Gay Saint on Twitter, um, was like, I can't do this. Like we're meeting outside of the crossroads, like come bring posters. And because I had already done a protest, I went up there and I was like, he can't really be on campus. Like they're gonna come out. And as soon as I was thinking that and telling um, my girlfriend at the time, the PR guy came out and was like, you guys can't be on this. It's private property. And we had to go down to the corner to where the protests were and um, right, right off campus, like in front of the sign, there was eight of us. And I was like, all right, that was it guys. And I was like, no, like <laughs> we're not done. And so I logged into the restore BYUI page and I tweeted it out and I was like, you're all coming, you're all doing this. And everybody showed up and everyone was like bringing pride flags. And then it caught so much attention that people came up from Utah and we bought speakers. And like the way protests work here is different than Provo because you can't look mad. You can't seem upset. So the goal of the protest was to mostly show that like we exist and we're not going to go anywhere no matter how much you try to get rid of us. So we just played like Taylor Swift and Dua Lipa. We were dancing and it was, I get emotional thinking about it. Like it was so crazy to look on two corners of the street filled with rainbow. Everybody's dancing from Provo to here. And it just was so fun so fun like that was a that was like quite the protest like it was so fun so wholesome and a lot of people came up to argue um but a lot of people were like you guys look so happy and it just really showed that you can try and kick us down but we're always going to be who we are in our own skin and that is okay and you can't tell us any different um provo's protests were more serious and Provo, the school, like, released statements and stuff. BYU Idaho never does jack squat, so it was annoying. But um, it was a week-long protest, um, and then it got shut down because <laughs> of coronavirus, and we had so many plans. I was planning Pride for June, like an official Pride with vendors. Wow. And I announced it at those protests. We had that huge dinner. We were going to have, like, a showcase museum. like met gala for the gays and it all got shut down but i hope to be able to do it again soon with all this hype around the lgbt community and the center opening so but yeah that was the most incredible time of my life like i 100 percent believe the universe made me come back to rexburg from freaking denver colorado so i could do those protests love it yeah 
Well, for anybody who may hear this, please just put that momentum in reserve. Yes. Keep it. Just put it in reserve. Keep that uh, spring wound up. And as soon as the pandemic's over, let's just release that yeah. spring and keep keep going with that because that, that absolutely sounds fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Awesome. So then how did, uh, it, comparing the protests, it, the, the first ones you had to these last ones, uh, share with us a little bit the comparison there. So the first ones were just a march up to the same corners. We delivered letters and then they said chants and everything and then we went home and that was it, you know. Um, they had like follow-up meetings. I wasn't allowed in. They wouldn't let me come to the meetings because I wasn't a student, which is whatever. But um, then this one, it was like, we're not stopping until something happens. And we just kept going. And the community has never come together to agree on something so well. I mean, obviously, there were the Trump supporters on the other corner, which whatever does not and everything but that, it was insane it was the end of winter semester and everyone just wanted to go to a protest instead of doing their homework and i thought it was amazing nobody wanted to go home everyone wanted to dance on the street corner for three hours which sounds really scandalous that i say it all out but <laughs> it's really fun and wholesome so well, yeah, even as a, as a post-Mormon myself, I, someone who attributes elevation emotion to just that elevation emotion, I got to say the things that I used to identify as feeling the spirit, uh, they were definitely happening there. Uh, yes. they, they, the, the people were, were singing Taylor Swift and Lady Gaga, but then immediately shifting over to loving one another. And, uh, and, and talking about how they still felt like a person of worth, a child of God, uh, someone who was, who was loved by their savior. And like yeah. you, I, I, I get emotional just recalling the, the event. It was absolutely fantastic and lovely. And uh, here at the Rexburg Love podcast, we want to thank you, Gray, uh, Nate, Latter-day Saint, and it, absolutely everybody who had any hand in, in helping that cause and voicing their uh, participation in the community, their, their belonging to the community, or their allyship to it. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah, it was great. If I've ever felt God, it was during that moment of silence on the last day. So it was crazy. Absolutely crazy. But thank you so much for the shout out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and, and that's the type of thing that I, I think is going to really bring more love into this, this community. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and I have high hopes for, for much of that. And thank you, Gray, and everyone else who's helping to push that forward. I think it's fantastic. Of course. Okay, so uh, pandemic life here in Rexburg, how's it been for you? Well, um, I was jobless for a while, so I had a lot of free time on my hands, and I finally was like, what is something I've always wanted to do that I have the time for now? And I finally was like, why, why don't I just open an LGBT center? Like, why am I waiting for the city to do it? Like, let me just do it. So that is mostly the extent of my pandemic life. Other than that, a lot of Netflix. <laughs> um, but that's been my main focus, this pandemic. So Awesome. It, before we get into that, what on Netflix is giving you life? Oh my gosh. I watched all six seasons of How to Get Away with Murder in a week. 
<laughs> and now I'm watching Pose, which is about ballroom culture in the 80s, and it's amazing. It's really accurate to what I imagined what was happening in the 80s. I guess I wasn't there, but I imagine like it was very true to what happened. Um, so I would recommend that to anyone. Um, what else have I watched? Just like random documentaries here and there. Scientology documentaries. I think that I think Scientology is so crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a lot, honestly. It's been fun. Awesome. Okay, so yeah, let's get to what's going on in the community now. Because, like you said, despite the pandemic, you have not stopped, and uh, I've noticed other people online have have not stopped either. Uh, the the work for love and community work, it moves forward. So, what do we got? What's going on in Rexburg? Oh wow! Um, <laughs> USGA has like maybe four people right now because everyone went home. Um, but like I said, USGA is homeless. So I wanted to make a place where they could meet and also where everyone was going to feel welcome. Um, so everything kind of died out when it came to like the LGBT community in Rexburg. And obviously we were still talking about things and, but it just wasn't as like hyped. <clears throat> and then I signed for a building um, out of pocket and everything. And then I announced a day on Twitter when Calvin J. Burke tweeted about BYU-Idaho because um, there's like a really big separation between Provo Twitter and Rexburg Twitter. We always get mad at Provo Twitter because they never talk about BYU-Idaho. Like they only talk about BYU and it's so much worse here. And finally, Calvin did. And Calvin has a huge platform. So everybody's talking about Rexburg. So I tweet like, maybe it's a good time to let you guys know. And it blew up. Like I could not put my phone down without it like vibrating off the table. Like it would not stop. It was crazy. And I was not ready for it. And I was like, freak, now I really have to do this. And <laughs> so that is what's going on in the community right now in the LGBT community. Um, so, so tell us about this center. What is it gonna be? What's it, what is it going to accomplish? Okay. I haven't really said the name to a lot of people. I said and, 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 and don't share anything you don't want to share yet. Oh, I'm going to share it. Um, <laughs> I said it this morning to Channel 8 News, so I mean, whatever. But the center is going to be an LGBTQ plus and minority center. Um, it is going to be named Marsha's Place after Marsha P. Johnson, a black transgender woman who threw the first brick at the Stonewall riots, sparking the entire gay rights movement. Um, I think that energy of Marsha P. Johnson per perfectly represents what I want to do, you know, um, and what I want this community to do. Like, I think this is the first break we're throwing at Rexburg. And I am so excited because it's going to be, it's two floors. Um, the basement is just going to be like an apartment. It's going to look like an apartment. It doesn't have a kitchen or like a shower or anything. Um, but it's going to have like, a flat screen TV, my Xbox, the Nintendo Switch, like couches, um, a library of like DVDs and books, desks. Um, so members of USGA or any group really, or if I just know that you're queer, can go down there and just spend time there. Because like we mentioned, you have to live in student approved housing and you don't get a choice. So a lot of people get stuck with homophobic roommates and they don't feel safe. So it's just a safe house in the basement. And I'm really excited for that. 
And then upstairs is the resource center, which is just like a lobby and an office with pamphlets and everything. And we will have resources to therapists, um, attorneys. Um, I want to talk about the attorneys really quick because Idaho recently slid under the rug some really transphobic laws. Um, you can't change your sex on your birth certificate anymore. And you can't play sports on the team of the gender you identify as. Like, it's illegal. Um, <clears throat> so we want to represent trans people with attorneys. And we have therapists willing to work pro bono and attorneys. And that is insane to me. Um, that's going to take a lot of legal stuff. That's why we're not opening till January. But that's going to be there. And then there's going to be support groups like USGA. I'm starting a basically another USGA, but for kids that are under 18. And then, because the schools here, the high schools and middle schools don't have GSA clubs. And they're like kind of against it, like parents have tried. And then probably a support group for parents that have queer children and they like recently came out, they don't know how to handle it. And then there is going to be a sexual assault support group, which also includes like the LGBT community as well. Um, so during the day, it's classic business, like you come for your resources, we help you out, find a group that fits you, whatever, and then nighttime, like after hours is all the support groups. So that's what it's going to provide right now, and I'm sure as time goes, we'll be able to provide a lot more, but, um, and we're also going to sponsor Pride next year, so Rexburg's first Pride is actually going to happen if another pandemic doesn't strike, <laughs> so. <laughs> But yeah, that is, uh, I, I can't even express how excited I am for that. And uh, anything that the Rexburg Love podcast can do to help out in any of that, please let us know. And if there's anybody listening here that might want to help out, even if it's just getting the word out or, or financial or anything, uh, what, what are some things that people could do to, to help out with this mission? Um, sharing the GoFundMe link is really, really important right now. That's where we're getting most of our donations. And we've had so many donations. Like people have given like chunks of like $300 or $200. And that wow. GoFundMe, GoFundMe itself as a company donated to me yesterday because the campaign touched their hearts. And they like do that every oh, wow. day. But I figured like a small campaign like that wouldn't catch their eye. And they're like sending me like one of those big checks that you like hold for it. Um, I'm oh, really that's excited. amazing. Yeah, you know, it's going to go on the wall somewhere, but um, donating is amazing. And then if you want to come to the place, which is 12 College Avenue on Thursdays at 7 p.m., we have like open meetings. You're making painting. You can come stop by and then I'll add you to the group chat to which you'll be updated on like when we're doing everything. If you want to go furniture shopping with me, cool. That's fun. Um, I need help anywhere I can get it. If you have marketing skills, PR skills, anything, just reach out to my socials. I would love help wherever I can get it. So. Love it. And again, we're going to have links to all of this in the show notes and uh, I'll be posting these on the Rexburg Love podcast page as well as in the Rexburg Love podcast Facebook group and all other Rexburg Love social media. So if you need to find them there, uh, look them up or just uh, contact Gray wherever you can. That's uh, it, it, and anything that we can do to help out with this mission. That sounds wonderful. I'm so excited. So many people from the community have been so excited about it. I haven't gotten a lot of backlash, which is kind of crazy. So 
Love it. And so uh, let's touch real quick on something you mentioned before from 2015 to, uh, to 2020, you said as, as far as a member of L the LGBT community yourself, you've noticed quite a, quite a shift in living here. Yes, this would have never happened five years ago. It would have really? been to the ground. It would have never happened. The city would have shut it down. Never, ever could I imagine that this would have happened. The protests even, can't imagine. Um, yeah, I have never felt so comfortable in a place. Like, it's almost like powerful to be LGBT here. It's kind of cool. It's, that doesn't happen anywhere else. Like, a community wouldn't come together like this to start a resource center in, say, Denver. Like, they would just, like, let some professional handle it, you know? We're all new and we're all learning and it's so cool because five years ago, I couldn't even say the word gay out loud. Um, it was same gender attraction, even the language has changed. So it is so insane to see my time here and how different it is. Like I have short hair now and that was crazy back then. And it's just, it's so great, honestly, to see the difference. Gray, I can't help but just point out how much hope I'm getting from everything you're sharing. And uh, it, sometimes I'm a little too negative here because of the, the real risks that a lot of people run into. And you know, you, you yourself have mentioned some of the difficult times you've had, but right, right now I just gotta say my, my heart is full with how much hope I'm hearing uh, from this community and this movement. And I, I wanna thank you for that. I, I really hope that this helps out as many people as possible and that this hope can just keep spreading through the community. Me too. And it's it's not all just me. Like, if the community wasn't coming together, this wouldn't happen. But, like, the last five years, imagine what's going to happen in the next five, you know? Like, there yeah. is so much hope for Rexburg, and I hate this town just as much as the next person. But it's going to change, and we have to be that change, which also sounds corny, but it's really true. So Yeah. And, and that's a real question for a lot of people who uh, – who, start coming into who they are while they live here. You know, they may come to school believing they're cishet, but then as time goes on, they realize their reality is a little bit more different. Or while they're here, they start studying more about their, their ancestry and, and, and their ethnicity and realizing that maybe, you know, there, there's, there's more they can do for, uh, for, for their, their community. And mm -hmm. so it, it, people might start to, I don't know, I, I kind of think of, uh, a, a, an animal that lives in a small den, but as it grows bigger and bigger, it starts getting uncomfortable in that small den. Yeah. And, and that's, that's something that probably a lot of people feel around here, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that's not going to be a reality for much longer. Yeah. I honestly think people are going to start feeling comfortable here and get power from that. Like I said, um, but yeah, I, it's a lot of people come here trying to be, to remain straight, you know, like they want to stay straight. They want to stay in the church. I guess not stay straight, but pretend they're straight, I should say. Um, but now it's like, there's a community here. Like you can, you can be who you, you are. It's okay. So it's, it's, it's amazing. It really is. I love that. Well, anything else you want to share about what's currently going on or things that people can do or resources for, for anybody? Um, our website should launch within this next week, maybe next week. I don't know when this podcast is going up, but uh, it should launch pretty soon. Um, I would love anybody in the community first to help with things like the professional things. Like I need a board for the nonprofit and then any, any ally is welcome to come help paint, whatever. 
Um, but like a trans woman is doing our website. Um, I wanted to go through everyone in the LGBT community before I asked a straight person to do it, you know? So Love it. if you have those talents, like let's use them. I will, wherever, video production, cool. Like we'll make a video. I'll put you wherever you want to be. I'm so willing to do anything if you want to help. We need everything. Like we've reached out to national companies. Centerlink is over all the LGBT communities in the nation. They're trying to help as much as they can. Um, so seriously, you are needed wherever you're at. If you think you have no talents, we'll find one. Like it, it's totally fine. So just keep sharing everything and keep reaching out to me. That's all I have to say. Love it. Well, yeah, I, I'll do everything I can to make sure this goes out tomorrow night just to help with the urgency and the, and the momentum of what's going on right now. So uh, go ahead and start sharing uh, people, uh, sharing with people that time, time frame, uh, if, if this would help at all. But yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing your story and, and, and everything that you're doing right now. Before we close, uh, I like to ask two things. First off, if anybody was listening to this podcast right now who might fit that quote-unquote Rexburg mold, uh, who might not yet be an ally or is looking into, you know, who are all these other people that live in Rexburg with me that might not be Mormon or might not be cishet or anything like that, what would you want to share with these Rexburg mold people? It's okay to break the mold. Um, I feel like here there's a lot of social pressure. A lot of people have friends that are in the mold and they don't want to step away from that because they're worried about losing their friends. But it is okay to break the mold. I promise it's a lot cooler on this side anyways. Um, please, please ask questions. Don't be willingly ignorant. Like there's ignorance where you just really don't know. And then there's knowing there's this whole other side and not asking about it. And that's not okay. And if you're doing that at this point, like it's not okay ask questions and if you still have the same beliefs fine but at least you tried um i don't even know that pretty soon in rexburg there will be a mold anymore like i really think things are changing a lot so might as well get on this side while you can <laughs> <laughs> love it and if anybody's listening to this that feels uh alone or it, it, it you know it wonders whether or not there is hope here in rexburg or it needs needs someone to to talk to uh, some help what would you say to that person you're not alone i remember thinking i was the only possible lesbian here um you are absolutely not alone no matter how you identify i will accept you and i will love you and you will always always have a place and we will always find you a place too um it really breaks my heart that people come here and have to think that like I really get emotional about it um a lot of people have private twitters like hiding behind a fake picture because they don't want people to know who they are and I just want you to know that however you handle it is okay and you take your time and you don't feel pressure from anyone like I said there's a power in being gay right now but don't feel pressure to come out because of that like take it all on your own time if you need to reach out to me, you will remain anonymous to everyone. Um, there are so many resources like USGA, things like that. You will never, ever, ever be alone. And if you ever feel like that, just try and get the, get the power to reach out. Just try. 
that's all you got to do. And it's a domino effect. Once you're with one of us, you're with all of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> love it. You'll always have a community. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll always have people who love you. Um, either with uh, Rexburg Love or USGA or, uh, or Gray, there's, there's many resources for all of you. And, yeah. and we're always going to be here for you. Okay. Gray, thank you so much for everything, for your time. Uh, anything else you want to share before we, we sign off? No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. Sounds great. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, like I said, this is a uh, resource heavy episode. Please go to our show notes to find out where you can get support, where you can help, uh, where you can learn more. We, we want to keep this uh, feeling of momentum and momentum and hope going. And uh, we love you all. Thanks for listening. And if you need anything, please reach out. This is Rexburg Love signing off.